Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains graphic violence, crude language, tasteless jokes, and, of course, awful puns. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Tiny Dungeon campaign, Goblin Corps, Shadows of Bastion, where our crew of outcast fantasy monsters fights to survive the post-apocalyptic prison planet known as Bastion. I'm Chris, and I play Glatz, the shield hero goblin. This has been playing Rakov, the reheating trash goblin. This is Russell playing Meluzine, the fairy godfather of the group. And I'm Mike, your grungy gobbledygook game master. You oh used grungy God. last time. I used grungy. No. <laughs> I'm Mike, your glamorous game master. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? We got attacked by Doomflight goblins on our way to Gorehart Keep to meet Troll King Skrilliamson. And he kept us waiting and then, uh, uh, hey, what did, what did he want us to do again? Well, Skrillex asked Melazine to scout Nofin's place and to bring back some treasure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and he, he kept the towel, too, unfortunately. I mean, I actually missed that thing. To set the scene, tonight's... Uh... Tonight? I can't say tonight. tonight. It's not night. We play this game during the daytime. Oh, my God. I've been forgetting that so many times. By the way, before we go any further, can we just talk about your overuse of the word Bastion? I have used Bastion for two things. <laughs> Bastion, the name of a character whose full name was Sebastian. Badass. Number two, Goblin Core Shadows of Bastion. The planet's name is Bastion. It just happens to live I'm in just the saying. shadow. It's you don't know that Bastion doesn't take place inside of his brain. <laughs> That's what he was thinking about. Yeah. When he kidnapped McGonnell. He was like, I wonder what Rockoff's up to yeah. today. <laughs> so what you're yes. saying this is a book that Bastion is writing in his head. Canonically, oh, the entirety of Goblin Core is what Bastion's fever dreams are about while he's laying there armless and legless. Oh, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Like. I'm I, I'm even more invested in this now. <laughs> I am too. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, it feels so much better. To set the scene, today's session opens with our crew of misfits riding on the back of Gracie. Gracie is a massive, massive, twisted and decayed, somewhat undead cross between a squid and a rock. Her wingspan stretches out almost 120 feet. She has tentacles hanging down below her and a metal cage strapped to her back, secured around her chest with a single giant bolt. Um, her species has a name, sir. Murder bird! Murder bird! Murder bird! I do appreciate that. And also, as we get started, I want to apologize to our listeners because my allergies are really bad right now, and I've taken a whole lot of allergy drugs. So number one, if I sound sleepy, or number two, if every single character sounds slightly congested and under the weather, please just imagine that some kind of fantasy illness is sweeping the landscape right now. It's allergy season on Bastion, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we've also got him seatbelted in his chair so he doesn't fall asleep, by the way. We're all surviving the post-apocalyptic post uh, Bastion River, River Valley. That's right. Oh, yeah. You are technically in something that could be the Bastion River Valley. You fly over and 
For the first time in a while, you see a landscape that is not just the Gore Swamp. The Gore Swamp stretches on for hundreds of miles in many directions, but finally, Gracie has carried you beyond it. You're flying due north. You're headed to find Nofin's secret hideout. You're headed to Copperfist, where his haven might be found. And that route takes you over top of the Riptide Plains. You spend a few days in the air. Gracie is very capable of flying for a long time, but you know she's going to get hungry. But you can see the Riptide Plains are named aptly. They're rolling grasslands that occasionally, or not even occasionally, as the tide comes in, they are completely submerged in water. So all around you, you see beneath you rolling green grassy plains suddenly get covered in briny ocean silty water. You know that that runoff is probably what drives the gore swamp. You see this stretching out all around you. You can see there's land nearby that's rocky and overhead of it, but the riptide plains are constantly ebbing and flowing, and you can see creatures beneath you swimming along it or walking alternately until one day, one morning, you wake up. Two nights after you left Gorehart Keep, what are you doing? So I think as this whole trip has been going on, Rakov's made a consistent effort to get on top of the cage because that's the highest point on the murder bird on Gracie. And he's continually surveying the surroundings with a, uh, a spyglass that he made out of actual shot glasses that he stole from the bar. There's about four <laughs> of them glued together. Don't ask what the glue is. I'm not even sure. Um, so I just like to roll a perception test, see what I'm seeing this morning. Okay. Okay, I got advantage with that for info from surroundings and one six. One six. Rakov sees a lot of things that are familiar to him at first. He can see that there's these very large creatures that swim and walk alternately. They look like a cross between a large woolen sheep and a porpoise. He's not sure what those are called, but they're pretty good at swimming. They also grow a lot of wool. They look kind of warm, too. But you can see they've got four legs and a tail, and they walk and frolic in the water and eat the grass. He can also see that they're flying along a rocky cliffside, and that inside, along this cliffside, there do look to be a lot of caverns and caves. And also, unfortunately, he sees in the distance, really not good, he sees a brewing deep black purple-black storm clouds sprawling across the entire horizon, rolling in like a line, like an avalanche coming towards you. He can see it flickering. At first, it catches his eye because it's flashing with just bright lights. Flashing would catch anyone's eye, but then he sees that's not one color of light. That's not just white lightning. There's colors in there. He sees brilliant pinks. He sees brilliant cyans. This storm is probably magical. Okay, so... Oh, one more thing that he sees. Your path has taken you along the Riptide Plains, and I'm going to pull up... We're not going to refer to this map too much, but it may help you with some immersion occasionally, so we're going to bring it up a little bit. Oh, if it ever resolves. Thank you, Roll20. Oh, um, that's what I need for me. Hey, Roll20, if you listen to my podcast, I think that your app needs to be updated. But you like, could sponsor us. Yeah. No. <laughs> You no, we not. would much rather you take your sponsorship dollars and put them into development. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're getting about a 240p map here right now. Not even 240. I would call that like 
10p. There are no pixels on that map. Yeah, there are no pixels. It's like one giant pixel. <laughs> hey! Mind, Minecraft blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at Mike's uh, Resolve Now map, some of that looks like Minecraft blocks, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, so let's see. My frantically built world has finally resolved for us. And the important, important info for you is that your path has taken you along the stilted road. The stilted road is built over the riptide plains and it's on standing poles. It's an elevated path, hence the name the stilted road. Is you that c- red area the Gorehart Swamp? That is the, that is the Gore Swamp. Ooh, nice. Gore Swamp, not Gorehart, yeah. It's okay. You can see you've got a storm rolling in. You haven't seen anybody on the stilted road. It stayed pretty empty. All right. So as soon as Rakov spots the storm, he's going to climb down from the cage. He's going to head over to where Glax is steering Gracie around, slap him on the shoulder and say, I know you haven't like looked behind you ever since you sat in this thing, but we got a problem coming up behind us. Rainbow storm. Big, big rainbow storm. What is what does that mean? That's lots of colors happening in the storm. You think that sounds good? Melazine likes colors. Of course you like colors. I don't. Colors I, are cool. I like I like one color. Metal gray. That's boring. Well, call me boring, but I make fun stuff. I I think it might be best if we steer toward those caverns and we hide out for a little bit. I don't think we want to get caught in that thing. Okay. Any objections? No, I guess. All right, well, we've got some time before it catches up to us so we can at least land outside of one and make sure there's not anything waiting for us in there. You know? You you just hear a squeak and Melazine disappears. He's going to, the nearest cave that he sees, he's going to teleport into. Oh, never mind about that. (laughs) Okay, I need Glax to roll a d6 for me. Actually, 2d6, Melazine, there's a squeak. Melazine disappears into the air. Remind us, Melazine has bright green hair. Yeah, it's a bright green hair with uh, it's a mohawk. Um, and he wears... Um, what does he wear? I'm trying to remember what he wore. Uh, he wears, What's he wearing today? Yeah, today he is wearing a pair of uh, blue jean suspenders <laughs> over, <laughs> over just a white... Um, white t-shirt That's the it. very height of fashion yeah. right now in bastion yeah. yeah denim's huge i was i was imagining some kind of elegant like fairy elven oh, no. like, gown oh, no. with like you know fairy like now melzine's the dress down type yeah and then yeah then it overalls All well right. what you don't understand is because everyone in fairy society wears these over elaborate gowns and stuff melzine just stands out where it's the most hick thing he can find. Ah. And today it happens to be blue jean suspenders. All right. Nice. Tomorrow it might be cargo pants. A fairy after my own heart. Zip away cargo pants? No. Turn into shorts? No. No, just cargo pants. But he does have a pair of the balloon pants. Okay. Okay, the other thing I've just learned, Melazine doesn't like to show off his legs. Got it. (laughs) Right. If you didn't have to walk anywhere, your legs would probably not look that great. Yeah, I was going to say, Melazine's legs look like twigs. There is no he doesn't walk for, anywhere. There is no leg day for Melazine. <laughs> Melazine's legs haven't touched the ground in hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, All he's right. a teleporter. Why would he? Why would his legs touch the ground? Glax, what did you get? I got a five. Five. This storm rolls up fast. Oh, shit. Well, that went a little faster than I expected. It almost looks like it was channeled and targeted and sent towards you. 
Glax watches as a bolt of lightning starts off white, and then it turns iridescent, multicolored, streaks and crackles across the sky, lashes out like a whip, attracted towards Gracie's metallic beak almost. But Glax is fast. His reactions are ready. He pulls back on the reins, cranks Gracie around, does a barrel roll out of the way. A barrel roll! He can smell burnt ozone on the air as the lightning bolt skitters away harmlessly, but that was targeted. Something about this storm is coming for you. So, did I describe it right or not? It it doesn't look good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it seems like seems like this has a... It's almost like it's got a mind of its own. Now, what around here does it? Yeah, fair. Um, so where where did Melazine go? We we need to get in some shelter. We're gonna go that way. Okay, so I'll steer the murder bird. You, you see Melazine uh, at the mouth of the cave, just kind of going like waving his hands up around, trying to get your attention. And I don't think you guys see him. Oh really? <laughs> oh, yeah, we no. can find out. Hold on a second. Did, do we know where you teleported to? No. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so Melazine just disappeared into the yeah. air. Well, let In me see case, if I, can... I steer to the closest cave. Well, let me see if I can see him real fast. Hold on. And we'll have to see what Melazine sees. One six. Luckily, nothing escapes Rockov. I, for, got... I forgot to take one of the one of the shot glasses out of my eye. It's still in there. <laughs> Melazine so like got upside two. down with the shot glass, and it just got randomly flopped around. Oh, oh, wait, hold on, there, over there. No, turn, turn more, more. Okay, good. Yeah, no, Melazine got two. So he is just enraptured by this lightning that's come down. This cave, it's got some lights inside of it, too. It looks really nice. It yeah. looks really playful and fun. Sus. Does it look like that lightning was going for the bird, for me, or for um, Rakov? It looked like it was headed towards Gracie's beak. Okay. Uh, steer her towards the closest cave. Uh, presumably, if, if we know where Melazine is at this point, then presumably towards that one. Yeah, all good. Rokov spotted Melazine jumping up and down. Melazine has paid no attention to trying to find out what's in the cave, just so sure that he needs to guide you in. So he's got no idea what's behind him. I need Glass to give me another 2d6. The six. Glax is ready for it again. Another crackling, ethereal, iridescent, multicolored, psychedelic bolt of lightning cracks out towards the cage on Gracie's back this time. Hey, leave my stuff alone! Glax twitches Gracie nimbly out of the way, and the bolt of lightning does nothing. Yay! <laughs> Gracie... Do more! ...flares her wings and comes into the ground. Comes into the ground, that's a horrible sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie flares her wings, drops her tentacles onto the ground, lands and folds up on herself shifting her flank to the side and allowing you to get down from her. I jump down. Do more, do more. And as soon as the cage is safely inside, Rakov jumps inside and he's going to start working. So you guys are going to walk Gracie inside the cave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, you, you two handle her. I got something I need to do real quick. You find yourselves faced with an opening that is roughly 40 feet across. It is fairly wide. You can see it goes back very far. Gracie has no trouble fitting inside, and the rain has moved like a storm wall across the entire 
across the entirety of the Riptide Plains. And so you make it inside just as just in time and you can hear the rain start to fall behind you and you can see the wind kick up and start to rip clods of dirt and water starts to fly up wind kicking it along and creating twists and churning the ocean and you look inside and you find yourselves in a cave that's you find yourselves in a cave that's lit by more psychedelic lighting you can see that Inside of this cave, there's light glowing from many sources. It's very soft. There's not a single dominating one source, but instead, you see as your eyes begin to adjust to the darkness, mushrooms, just hundreds of thousands of mushrooms in a small grotto. The ceiling is very tall. The cave is roughly circular. And you can see that each mushroom is glowing with different colors. You see mushrooms glowing blue. You see mushrooms growing pink, purple, green all around and you can even see actually someone who is looking around in here i'm not yet i'm working um, on something melazine is two fives melazine even sees a creature that looks like a very awkward deer like a fawn with long thin spindly legs and glowing spots along its flank eating one of the mushrooms and then it makes eye contact with melazine and disappears Ooh, let's go find that. So Glax is just um, kind of caressing Gracie's beak and just talking to her and, and asking if she's okay, if she got hit by the lightning bolt and all those kind of things. No, 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 we don't need to do that. Let's go find that. Hey. Find, find what? The, the, the thing. What thing? You're going to have to be more descriptive than that. I, I, I. And Rakov's currently swimming around in the junk that's in the cage, working on assembling something. Let's go follow all the pretty mushrooms. Pretty what? Rockov is the total counter to everything else that is going on in here. Soft, glowing light. You have Rockov pulling out rusted pieces of scrap and looking at and looking at them and bending them. And oh yeah, he's not going to be together. happy about this place when he turns around and sees it. Don't worry. But so after probably about 30 seconds and finding all the right pieces, he's working on slapping them together and he's working on making a lightning rod. Nice. All right. Good. All right. Let's see if they can handle this ingenuity right here. And so then he waddles out and he plants it really quickly in the ground and then he just runs back in and he watches and he waits. I need you to roll a d6 for me. Sure. Clocks and Melazine. Six. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, Melazine is looking at all these pretty mushrooms. There's a lot of pretty mushrooms in here. Does he recognize any of them? How knowledgeable do you think Melazine is of mushrooms? I mean, he's from the Fey Wilds, so I would imagine that he is uh, relatively like familiar with them. Okay, so go ahead and roll 2d6 for me. No, he is not. <laughs> it's two twos. Melazine doesn't I'm, I'm know, roll doubles all night long. Doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's seen these before. These are all friendly, good mushrooms. They glow. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> Melazine takes one and is like, these are good. It eats one. Roll a d6 for me. Two again. Melazine grabs a mushroom and finds a... It has a long, thin stem that's emitting just soft white moonlight. And the top of it is actually star-shaped. He bites into it and it tastes cool and refreshing, like 
Wintergreen. And suddenly Melazine has no trouble seeing in this cavern. And that creature that was eating the mushrooms and disappears, he sees not just that one, dozens of others, an entire herd of them that are blinking in and out of this cavern. Unfortunately, Blinky. right after that, it's so loud in here. Glax is making so much noise, driving that stem of metal into the dirt. God, it's painful. That's me, by the way. Glax. Glax yeah, I was about to say, yeah. It's, uh, Rockov is making so Rockoff. much noise, pounding the metal in, and Glax is so loud in his plate armor. Rockoff, please stop. It hurts. It hurts so much. Ah, it's going to hurt more if I don't get this done. Stop what? Stop the banging. It hurts so much. Can you, like, go cover his ears or something? I'm not done yet. Yeah, I'll go do that, actually. I'm going to go and put my arm, my hands around his tiny little head. He blinks away. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> no one touches Melazine. No, don't touch Melazine. <laughs> Melazine doesn't want your touch. He didn't ask for it. There was no consent. Glax. As Glax has just finished pounding his lightning rod into the dirt around Rock here. Rock God, I'm doing that every time. <laughs> it's only been twice. You're doing okay. Yeah, okay. Just as Rakov has finished pounding his lightning rod into the dirt. That's what they call it these days. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't not. <laughs> he brushes off his hands and takes a step back to admire his handiwork. And he is rewarded because an instant later... That same psychedelic crack of multicolored effervescent lightning comes down from the sky, not in an arcing, twisting pattern, but in a straight line. There's a burst of light. Rockov is blinded for a second. His eyes have adjusted the darkness, and it sears and it hurts his eyes, and he looks out. Oh! And where the lightning rod used to be, there's a tree. Well, that. Uh... That's unexpected. It's growing really fast. It's not just a tree that's sitting there. It starts off as a young sapling and starts to grow faster and faster. And he can see it aging. And then the leaves fall off. And the leaves return and it grows more. Is it in the cave? It's out front of the cave. It's not. Yeah, I put it just outside the cave entrance. When Melusine looks at it, what does it look like? A tree. The tree. (laughs) Does it look like a tree to him or does it look like something else? Uh, Oh, do you mean because of the... Because of the mushroom? Yeah. Tripping balls and everything. (laughs) (laughs) If Melusine had balls, he'd be tripping it. The sound of the tree growing is painful, but as far as there being something hidden or concealed about it, no, but it is clearly powerfully magical. So he just looks like a tree then. Is the tree glowing or anything like that? Not really. Okay. Look, guys, there are all these pretty animals. And he tries to chase one of the, the the animals down that are blinking in and out of existence. Go ahead and give me 2d6. Are you actually trying to catch one? Yes. And I just crit. Crit. The first one. Oh! Six, six. <laughs> Melazine disappears into the air and then reappears on the back of one of these fawns, riding it in his coveralls and white t-shirt, the fawn bucks and jumps up and down, but Melazine has his fingers in its fur, holding on to it totally fine. Do you guys see me like riding in the air? Do we see these things? You see Melazine riding something invisible. Uh-huh. I am 
still looking at the tree. I haven't noticed this at all. I am perplexed at the moment. What are you doing? I, I caught one. See? I, caught what? I don't know what it is, but it's something cool. Um, you should eat a mushroom to see. Oh, wait. Um, tree? What? Like, did since Rakov grew up in a junkyard and stuff, he is absolutely flummoxed by something natural coming from one of his creations. So he reaches down and he picks up one of the leaves that fell and he kind of crinkles it and everything. Does it act normal or as normal as anything in Bastion, obviously? It acts normal. It crinkles in his hands. Okay. It's a real leaf. It's a real tree. All right. So with that, he's going to turn on the junk can and he's going to start sucking all the leaves up. <laughs> Leaf blower <laughs> yeah, style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a weird phenomenon. I feel like I can't pass this one up. Nothing. Can you, can you bring whatever that is over here? I can try. And he, so here's the problem. I'm going to teleport this thing to you. <laughs> it's unwilling. So I need to make this at disadvantage. Oh, that's a four. So I don't know what you want to say. This looks like as a... You roleplay this for me. You tell me how it goes. <laughs> so you see Melazine like think really hard while holding on to this thing and they start to fade in and out and you hear a squeak, but nothing happens. Melazine doesn't teleport even? Melazine doesn't teleport either. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying. Give me a second. Uh, can Gracie walk in this cavern? Not upright. Gracie can crawl and pull herself through, but it's she's pretty big to fit in here. Okay. She can curl up and sleep and hold still, but in terms of moving around, not so much. I want to go over to where Melazine is and see if I can feel, because I can see that he's just in midair, and see if I can feel what he's on. Glass holds his hands out. That's what he's on. (laughs) Glax feels soft, silky fur underneath his hands. He feels there's something there being restrained by Melazine right now. It shies away and tries to run when he touches it, but there's something here. See, I told you, it's here. Does it have like a mane? Like a horse would, or or you said it was kind of like a doe. He starts to feel along it, and it just feels like a lot of thin fur. He doesn't feel anything that's particularly horse-like, no. Thin fur, so I can't, like, grip the fur. Oh, yeah, you could. Can grip the fur? Can I lead it? Can I try to pull it? What are you going to lead this to? To Gracie. (laughs) (laughs) No, you cannot kill it. It's my friend. The circle of life. No. And he's going to try and blink this thing away again. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. <laughs> Wait, we have critical failure rules. Oh, yeah, so that was a one. That was a one. Oh, oh. sorry. We said we were playing with critical failure rules. Yes, so, we were. And I do have to make this kind of oppressive because otherwise your teleportation is very powerful. Take yeah. a deep breath. Go ahead. <sighs> deep breath. I'm going to take a sip of my drink, try to clear <laughs> away the allergy-induced haze <laughs> as I think of something suitably punishing. I was him. talking to Russell, not you. I know you oh, do yeah. <laughs> Be mean to someone in the game? Me? I could never. <laughs> yeah, he can never be mean. He's never mean. I know exactly what happens. Please tell us. Oh, that glee. Melazine with a squeak, squeak, disappears into the air. This 
fawn-like creature that he's mounted may or may not go with him. I think we have to roll to see if the fawn accompanies him. But I think we're going to decide whichever would be less convenient. Actually, the fawn does not accompany him. Okay. Melazine disappears into the air to get away from Glax, who is trying to feed his pet. And suddenly Melazine feels himself get snatched out of the air by a giant hand. Melazine is pretty small. Yeah, he is. Oh no, what is happening? He feels a fist close around him in the air. He hears the sound of grinding stone as the fingers set into place and the hand closes and stops moving. Oh no! Do we? Do I see this? Like, is it? I don't know where he teleported to. Is it close enough that I see what happened? I don't think so. Okay. Unless he uh, yeah, disappeared and is gone. And okay. then I keep leading the dough to crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Rockov's not paying attention at all. <laughs> this is where we start dying. Yeah. <laughs> we walked right into a trap. <laughs> we found Mike's trap card. Glax begins to lead this creature he can't quite see over to Gracie, pulling by the fur. It's very reluctant now, but he's making do, pushing it along. Someone's got to pick it up and lift it. This creature, he has no idea what it looks like, though he's groped it all around enough by now. (laughs) He's pretty sure it's got four legs and a long neck, and it's not any bigger than he is. Leads it over to Gracie. I just I basically put it right in front of her beak and just said, Gracie, eat this. He sees Gracie lean her head down. She's got her wings folded up in front of her down low. Her neck stretches out and he can see the nostrils on her beak. She lowers them and starts to sniff around. She can tell there's something there, but she can't see it either. And she's sniffing and looking and trying to find something. Rakov. You've finished vacuuming up the leaves? All right, that should be plenty of ammo. Now he walks over and he taps the tree with a junk cannon. Just a little tap. Feels like a tree. Smells like a tree. Talks like a tree. It's obviously... In Rokov's expert opinion, (laughs) this is a tree. (laughs) Well, how many trees has Rokov seen? I mean, we saw the dead ones. In the gorse swamp. Honestly, I think that's about it. (laughs) This is why he's so flummoxed. All right. This is probably only the third weirdest thing that's happened to me since I've left the junkyard. This thing doesn't seem like it's going to bother me. So I'm going to turn around and. Hey. Where'd the Faye go? what, What are you doing? You. So just to clarify, we can see the like. Thing that's about to get fed to Gracie now, right? No. Oh, what are you? Are you having pretend tug of war over there or something? What's going on? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but Gracie's got to eat. Um. Okay. I mean, if you're sure that's a good idea, what? Wait, what the hell's going on in here? What's all this stuff? These things growing out of the ground? They're mushrooms. Help! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a dark place. <laughs> Actually, hold on, wait. Melusine is in a dark place. Help. Should I roll to see if I hear that? Yes. Okay. I don't think I have advantage on this one. You do not. I do not hear it. I heard it. It's one six. 
Um, I, I think I just heard Melazine say something. Where, where have you seen him last? He was on the back of this thing, whatever this is. And then what happened? And then he poofed. Ah, okay. All right. Listen, I think if Gracie can smell that thing, we can probably leave that to be taken care of. Let's go figure this out. He said something about being in a dark place. Let's go see if we can find one. But I, I, I get a, I get a bad feeling. I don't, I don't like things that grow out of the ground. So let's stay away from these things. Let's untouch them. Can I pick up a couple mushrooms? What did I just say? Do they stay lit? How many are you picking up? <laughs> Three or four. Yeah, they all stay lit. Okay, I'm gonna just hold them and kind of keep them in hold case them. we go to a dark this place. Light. Okay. <laughs> this little light of mine. Yeah, okay. Right. Just keep those things away from me. Ew. Yeah. Um. So you said this cave was like 40 feet. The the mouth was like 40 feet um, across. About how big is the cave that we're that we're in? As Glox looks back, he can see it goes on for a little ways, probably the size of a good-sized home. It does disappear out of sight. There's certainly enough space in here for Melazine to get away from him and hide and disappear and get trapped in something even. Melazine is scared. Please help. Hey, I do hear that one. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell where the sound is coming from? I didn't. <laughs> As Glox is listening, the sound of Melazine's voice sounds like it's coming from up high. Hmm. This cave is about 40 feet high. Sounds like it's coming from near the roof of it. Hmm. Near the ceiling, very far above. I look up. Do I see any other mushrooms on the ceiling or there are. There's there? mushrooms, there's vines, there's even water trickling down from above fairly often. Glax doesn't see anything that could be hiding Melusine. He doesn't see Melusine. Melusine's pretty easy to spot with bright green hair. Melly, where'd you go? I hear that. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm in a dark place. As Melusine talks space that Melazine is in starts to close. (laughs) It's closing around me. I don't know how to help you. I don't know where you are. (laughs) Okay. Tell me if you'll allow this or not. Will you allow me to create a rift in whatever the side of whatever is doing and do damage and see if I can like push through? Yeah. (laughs) Let's go for it. Okay. Um... Let's see if this actually works. No, it doesn't. So never mind. Melusine is starting to panic. Melusine has never been trapped before. Melusine is the hardest creature to trap in the world. And this teleport just went wrong and it goes wrong again. I don't understand what's going on. This place scares me. All right. Two fives. Do I get a better direction of? Oh, yeah. Rockoff looks up. There's a. He realizes in the glow what he mistook for a strange crack in the wall. That's a creature. He makes out a humanoid creature. A tall one. Very tall. Even taller than Troll King. Even taller than Troll King Skrilliamson. He sees two legs. A body that is stump-like. A body that is twisted and gnarled with a fist pinned up against the wall and a head shaped like a mushroom cap pressed up against it in the shadows. He can hear Melazine's voice coming from this. Oh. Help! 
describing like my worst nightmare. Oh God, living mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm going to assume it's not like looking at us or anything. Doesn't look to be looking at you. Okay. So I don't say anything. I just like slap Glax on the arm and I point to it. And I point it out specifically. And then I hold out my hand toward one of the mushrooms. I really want to take your hand and just throw you at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's happened before. <laughs> um, I'll give you one of the mushrooms. All right. It's going into the junk cannon and I am not shooting it right at it, but in its general direction so we can at least light it up and get a really good look at it. It's like a flare gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Roll a D6 for me. Okay. I was thinking it would splat, like a, when you squish a firefly and it just goes everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, two. Oh, two. Okay, but also roll for your attack. Oh, right. Sorry. Five. Thanks. Glax picks out one that he saw Melusine, Melusine grab earlier. It's got a star-like cap on its head and it glows with a color like moonlight. Rakov loads it into the junk can and he has to break the starlight cap to get it down the cylindrical tube but he fires it into the air straight towards this standing hulking figure it splats and sprays glowing goo everywhere you have an impression of a very tall guardian you see a tall statuesque figure it looks to be made entirely from mushrooms. You see, it has toadstools growing up and down its arms all over, a neck that looks like it's made from carved wood, and long, lanky arms with huge fists at the end. But now it's lit up and bright. Is it on the wall, on the ceiling? Where is it? Located? It's on the floor, leaning against the wall. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, then I... I want to put my hubcap on my shoulder and shoulder tackle this son of a gun. Whoa. It is 40 Whoa. feet tall. I let Black my shield do the talking. All right. <laughs> That's cool. my belief. Okay. Uh, roll 2d6 for everybody. Roll 2d6 for me. Let's roll initiative. We are getting into combat. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, a four and a two? I'm going to be watching Glax running. That's a two and a one. <laughs> two and a one. Yeah, two and a three. Someone roll 2d6 for me. Two and a three as well. Ah, oh, man. I. Okay, so it goes Glax. I'm at the end. Um, me. Melazine is first. Yeah, Melazine. Melazine has a four and a two. Glax, me, Rakov. Yeah. Okay. Melazine, what are you doing? You hear the sound of the junk cannon being fired. It has a very distinctive sound. Yes, please help. Um. So... What can I see in here? Does it look like I'm stuck in something? If Melusine knew what it was like to be trapped inside of like a nut or an acorn, this is Melusine in the nutshell. Okay, he's going to try and blink out of this one last time, but he's actually going to like blink and he's going to blink to where he at the start of the cave. So it's a physical location that he's been at before. So he gets advantage on this. Fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> It's a three-two-two, two, even with advantage. Can you tell me how this goes? It, it just fizzles out. Melazine is like fucked up, out. Like he is just fucked up at the moment. He does not understand what's going on. This mushroom did something that he just does not understand. Melazine is terrified and frightened. Melazine has never been trapped, and Melazine is trapped right now. The spores have started to get to him, and he's so panicked, and everything is so loud. Yeah. 
It's terrifying. Glax. Tackle this mofo. Okay. <laughs> Give me 2d6. Please help. Glax lowers his hubcap and he's charging in. He sees a figure that's Glax is like what? Uh he's like four feet tall. Sees a figure roughly ten times his height. But Glax is harder to scare than that. He's courageous and Melazine is his friend. He's here for him. And so Glax lowers his hubcap and he rushes in and he feels as he gets close, his feet are charging over top of this mushroom covered dirt. He can feel his feet crossing over rocks that have fallen from the cavern ceiling, dodging around stalagmites. And he closes in and leaps into the air and he feels his hubcap bite in really deep. He can feel where the lug nuts would go on it, stick in and paste. And then he rips his shoulder out and there's a spray of green and purple innards ripped out of this thing's mid-calf. He hears a roar. As it reels away, it picks up one leg into the air and stumbles back a little bit. It reaches down with a massive mushroom-covered hand. The one that's not holding Melazine swipes towards him. I need someone to roll 2d6 for me. Six. Melazine, not Melazine, as Glax is pulling his hubcap out, the other hand swings around and swats at him. Glax ducks down and manages to avoid the worst of it. His armor takes the brunt of the impact. This is a heavy weapon. I need someone to roll 2d6 for me. I forgot to... No, 1d6. I'm sorry, 1d6. Five. That's a five. So for that is two plus two. That is four. Your armor eliminates three of that. So Glax takes one point of damage and feels the hand of the massive, massive whatever this guardian, this creature is, swings across and dents his armor in a little bit. Oof. Rakov. Okay, so since Melazine specifically mentioned being in a dark place, now that everything's lit up and there was no mention of being able to see anything, I think he can safely deduce where Melazine is. So he's going to flip the switch on the junk cannon again, turn it to suction mode. He's going to try to pry open the thing's hand. Okay. Roll 2d6. Six. Rakov faces the junk cannon towards this thing as it's winding back up from its attack. It's splattered with mushroom goo all over it. He can see the one hand it's holding shut. All right. I don't want to touch you, and I don't think I'm going to let you touch anything else either. You better open that hand right now. As the junk cannon winds up, it pulls off toadstools and mushrooms growing along this thing. He can see lichen and moss getting pulled off and small bits of rock. And then all of a sudden, its hand, its fist, its massive fist that is the size of rock gets ripped open. And Melazine is being pulled <laughs> through the air <laughs> straight into the junk cannon. <laughs> Where am I? All right. So this right when Melusine gets close, I have another action. I'm going to turn it off. Just, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it that well. <laughs> Melusine, 
you do take a point of damage from that. That's fair. Sorry, I tried. I tried. Thanks. I'm free. You now find yourself trapped with leaves all around you, bits of mushroom, whatever is in the hopper of this junk cannon. Melazine is just swimming in. This is dirty. You should clean this. Hey, we'll talk about that later. We got something to deal with. Yeah. Um, is it my turn? Yes. Uh, Melazine's going to move as far away from the monster as possible. And he's going to just create a rift in the middle of the monster and try and do some damage. So from inside the junk cannon. Oh, I thought he stopped it before no, I, st- I, got I stopped it before he got. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the point of damage came cannon. from him like hitting, yeah, the, hit, yeah, hitting the brick or something. Okay. Yeah. That's a five. So Melazine, we hear horrific flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of taco bell at two in the morning oh god rips through this entire cavern (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) i had taco trio last night it did not settle well with me as melazine digs his hand into the hole that Glax created with this hubcap and pulls it apart. And you see this thing's entire leg twist and warp in a portal of extra reality. You can see stars through it. You see space and galaxies stretching out. And then this thing's entire leg just topples over to the side, torn off cleanly. Yeah, take that, you big meanie. It roars as it tries to stabilize itself on one leg and slowly falls over onto one stump. Glax. Oh, it's me next. No, it's Glax next. I'm sorry. Um, I guess I will stab at it with my spear. What part are you stabbing? Yeah. It's arm. (laughs) Okay. It's reeling back, both hands trying to catch itself and balance on one stump. Yes, Stumpy. Three dice. I still didn't succeed. Really? Yep. Ouch. Do you need to borrow some of my shitty dice? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Does he want to? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Glax isn't quite ready for this to light off yet. He wasn't ready to draw his spear and make the attack. And so as he's recollecting himself... He just takes an attack of opportunity and he doesn't quite catch anything. I need someone to roll 2d6 for me. All right, cool. 1 6. 1 6. All right. Glax misses with his spear. It drives into the dirt completely. And he watches, really unfortunately, as the hand he was aiming for just comes up into the air into a flicking motion like he's a paper <laughs> football. I need someone to roll a d6 for me. Three. Three. Luckily, Glax is prepared to get attacked this time. He knows the counterattack is coming. And so this time we just hear a thump like a bell ringing out and the finger thuds to a halt on his armor. Um, Was that a miss? So it hit, but your armor ablated all the damage. Okay, so I forgot last turn I have Goblin Agility. So when I get hit, I can roll to evade it. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it doesn't matter because you don't take any damage this turn. Oh, it does matter. 
because I just picked up opportunists. So if he misses, then... Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I say, sir. Got a five. Yeah. Yeah. So he missed. Okay, so I'll roll with disadvantage for this. I get just one dive. That's a two. So I don't hit him. Okay. Again. You trade spear and finger <laughs> flick and neither of you makes any progress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after successfully rescuing Melazine, which Rockov's going to be sure to mention later, um, now he sees a nice ripe target where this thing's head should be. With that, he is going to fish into his rags. He's going to pull out a nice big steak knife. <laughs> don't ask me how I kept this one from hitting me. Sometimes I don't even know. Drops <laughs> it into the junk cannon, flips the switch the other way, and he's taking the shot. All right. Two threes. Nice. What a waste of a steak knife. Steak knife skitters, steak knife skitters through the air, and he hears a clink as it bounces off the rock. I better get that back. That one was good. Um, let's see. I've got another action. Um, mm. hey, morons, go for the head. Melazine? Yeah, so Melazine is going to concentrate. And as part of his blink mage, he gets advantage on this. He is going to make a magical attack um, through a portal. So basically, he opens up a portal next to his hand and he is going to cast aura blight on this thing what? which is a archmage uh glamora school of magic trait uh so test perform a spectral attack on the mortal target soul causing them to lose access to one random trait until 1d6 sunrises does this thing have a soul yeah <laughs> so does, does this thing a have a soul traits yes it right. has a soul and it has Traits. Perfect. Can I, never be too sure. I, I am not. I am not going to. So I can test this with disadvantage to choose the trait. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um. <laughs> I did not know you could do that, which is <laughs> surprise. Very cool. Don't you have advantage? Um. You don't need it. I guess. Yeah, I don't think he needs it. it. But that's a six. So it's going to lose a trait. Yes. Um. Okay. <laughs> Um, at random, I don't know how many traits it has. Uh, just two. Yeah, roll d6. Then it loses the first one. Okay. I don't know if I should. Okay, it's not. It's not going to get back up after you put it down, which is good for you. It's oh, losing its okay. undead trait. Cool. Okay. It's not going to regenerate. Yeah. <laughs> and that was two my two actions. Glax. Okay. So wait, we got to describe what this looks like. So Melazine. Yeah. So so Melazine. He opens a portal near his hand and you see a portal open up near this thing's head. And he just, you see a spectral hand reach through and just tear into a chunk of him and rip out um, some, what looks to be the spectral form of itself out of its body. Cool. He sees as he pulls it away, there's an image flickering through the air like it's, dust cascading being lit from behind and he sees a form of this mushroom covered golem falling to its knees and then standing back up and then suddenly melazine grabs it by the wrist and pulls it flat it's no longer die hard 
Damn, no more Bruce Willis. No more Bruce Willis. <laughs> no more Christmas movies. Aww. Um, I guess I'm going to swing with my spear again. Okay. It's a five. <sighs> so it's a light weapon. Was that one dice and take a half? Yeah, one die. It's a four. It's a four, so that is two points of damage, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Clax leans back. This thing is shaken by seeing part of its soul get destroyed. It wasn't totally sure it had a soul, but now it knows. And then suddenly it gets a spear. Suddenly Glax is there in its face as it's leaning on one stump in one hand, trying to hold itself upright. Glax peels back his spear and shoves it through this thing's eye socket. He pulls his spear back and there's a spray of green and purple innards. He's got a mushroom eye on the front of his spear. Oh. And suddenly this thing falls forward. Its mushroom cap head crashes into the dirt, into the rock and gravel, and it stops moving. Yeah, that's what you get for attacking Melazine. Um, what is this thing? I have no clue. Do you know? No, I just know it's disgusting. Ugh. Does Melazine continue to see the little uh, does? They look like they were frightened by the fight that just happened here, but he does see the fawns. They're not does, they're fawns. Fawns, okay. But he does. Look, guys, they're still here. My friends. And he teleports over to one to pet it. Melazine is just chasing them around and petting them. <laughs> um, not to be, like, I guess you say speciest or something, but there's something real weird about this fae here. You said it. What's wrong? Can you guys not see what Melazine sees? Did you eat one of these mushrooms? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Oh. You should eat one, too. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I don't know if I trust it. It makes you see the... <laughs> Wait. It makes you see the fawns. Probably makes you do a lot of other things, too. Yeah, you're... What? Be awesome like Melazine? No, of you're course. gallivanting around like a maniac. Are you okay? Yeah. That looks bad. <laughs> Melazine is just enjoying their company. Okay, I'd like to point out something really freaky that happened. What? Take a look over at the cave entrance. Okay. Do you remember that being there before? It's a tree. What's wrong with the tree? It wasn't there before. Right? Are you sure? Because I'm you, very you sure. don't see the fawns. Uh, Glax. 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 What? Answer the question. Was that tree there before? I don't think so. There you go. Wait, see? wait, wait. Glax. Glax. Answer the question. Did you feed a fawn to the murder bird? Did I? As Glax looks over, he sees that Gracie has something wrapped up in her tentacles. And he hears a slurping sound. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't see anything. Gracie, we are eating. Stop that. I don't think you want to interrupt her while she's eating. No more. You want to bring that one over here? No, this is my friend. This is Farrah Fawcett. I'm going to need a second. <laughs> The storm is still raging outside. You can hear the wind whipping. You can see the lightning striking the tree that has started to grow out front. So it's still growing? It's still growing, but you can see that the leaves are getting whipped off of it. Its branches are getting knocked away. 
all right, clearly we have a problem because I put some metal together, try to make a lightning rod, catch this lightning, probably push some of this energy back at it. Instead, it turned my rod into this tree. It's still How do you know you didn't make it a tree? Are you sure that your skills are not making trees? Hey, come here. Come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Come here. I'm okay. (laughs) Don't question my skills. I know what I'm doing. I mean, you said you made a lightning rod, yet you made a tree. Grax, are you okay if I kill this thing? I look over just to see Rockov's kind of fingering the suction switch on his tongue. <laughs> 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 um, so this this golem thing is clearly dead, right? Clearly dead. Okay. Covered in mushrooms, you can see green and purple innards trickling out of it, veins through its body. Mm-hmm. It's not moving, though. It's tasty. You see some of the fawns are, well, you don't see them. Yeah. Melazine sees some of the fawns are wandering over to it and nuzzling at it, putting their heads down and oh, nuzzling think, at it. I think that thing was its mom. I doubt it was its mom. I think it was. It probably was a caretaker of some sort. Uh, why, why, why don't you wander over between the legs and see if it was a mom? <laughs> okay. And he teleports between the legs. Is it <laughs> is there a mom or a dad? Doesn't have any organs that Melusine can identify. <laughs> Has tons of mushroom-shaped organs. I was just... about to say, I just wanted Mike to say mushroom tip. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a mushroom tip? Many. Everywhere. <laughs> this everywhere. entire thing. It has a bunch of mushroom tips. What does that mean? I think I'm too young to say, but you'll find out when you're older. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I vote. What time of day is it at this point? It we can't. I don't think we can tell. It's gotten to be mid to late afternoon okay. by this point. It's and the storm is clearly not moving up. Yeah, that storm is clearly it seems going. Like we for should a make camp here. Are you sure that's a good idea? I mean, obviously we're not going to get out, but at the same time, this if our friend here keeps eating these things. Who knows what he's going to do next? Melody will make dinner. God, <laughs> I've got a little room in the cage. Should we just like put him in there? Oh, that's right. He can teleport out. That's not going to work. Um, what? What? Melody need to make dinner? No. Why oh, not? If it's Fawns. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, he's got you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It could be fun. Um, I would like to make a campfire. Hey, oh, funny enough, we have a what? tree for that. <laughs> Are you going to cut down the tree? I mean, I'm sure you got some supplies with you, but... Oh, no. Oh, I can make an axe. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I'll make it, make an axe, and I'll cut down the tree and get some firewood. All right, I'll get started. Hold on, just, like, give me a minute. Because live tree is the best firewood. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I also need someone to roll a d6 for me. I got it. Why are you doing that? The four. Four. I'll start with the kindling. And he takes some mushrooms. No. <laughs> oh no. Holds them up and sets them on fire. Oh fuck. We're gonna we're gonna light this thing up and this whole cave's gonna explode or something. As Glax is approaching the tree with his axe, he hears a crack and he sees that same fluorescent, ethereal, psychedelic colored bolt of lightning headed straight towards this random axe that Rockov made for him. He pulls it back and he starts to swing it forward. But before it even connects with the tree, there's a burst of light and he finds himself holding a stingray. 
by the tail. He sees a long, thin, needle-like tail and wings made for flying through the water. Drop it immediately. (laughs) All right. Flops on the ground a little bit. All right. This is getting personal. Stop messing with my creations. Look, I made fire, guys. Does Melusine light it off? Oh, yeah. (laughs) How many mushrooms do you think he used? Oh, God. Is that a question I want to hear? Probably. Or, how big are the mushrooms? Was, did Melusine attempt to choose mushrooms that would be good for that? Like, there are some mushrooms that look like yeah, no, he would choose, fire. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, he, would, he would want to choose ones that don't look like fire. No, Melusine would choose the ones that look like fire because no. he wants to make fire. No. First of all. <laughs> but second of all... That makes sense. Yeah. Second of all... Um, you know what? I'll just describe them. You tell me which ones you yeah, pick, okay? Yeah, yeah. Roll a d6. See how many you picked. So there's okay. um, there's some that are. <laughs> I, I pulled I pulled six. Pulled six. Damn it! So there are some that have a you know that are kind of jellyfish like. They're translucent, soft, and shimmering. There's some that you're familiar with that are star shaped. There's some that are fiery red and have little sparks coming off of them. There's some that look like they're made from silk. They're dark and black, and they look like they're made from silk. There's some that have psychedelic patterns like tie-dye that keeps twisting in a spiral. And there's others that look like they're decayed and black and like they're partially rotten away. And with their so powers combined. Yeah. There are, <laughs> you said there are two black ones? Two black ones. Okay. Well, what do you get with fire? You have red and you also have black that's left over from the fire. Charcoal. So Yeah, charcoal. So he's going to assume that the black ones are like were used for fire at one point and thinks it's charcoal and would make good kindling. So he's going to grab two of each of the black ones and he's going to grab two of the red ones for fire and set them on fire. Melazine gathers these together and it makes, it's a really pretty sight. You have these toadstools gathered in a nice circle and heap and they're putting out a lot of really pretty light. Point of order, I just want to know that I'm at the mouth of the cave and not anywhere near this. <laughs> yes, I we were we were trying to chop the tree down. Glax and rock covers. As, as, as much as I hate to say this crazy's in between us. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that'll be great. Oh, he he just got so happy. I am so sad right now. What does Melazine light this with? What does Melazine have? There is technology in this world, so it could be a zippo, it could be a Torch, anything, not a anything, rock, not anything near Rockoff. He wouldn't have given anything up. I see he does it with magic. Melazine concentrates for a second, and the stack of mushrooms starts to smolder and smoke. And the smoke that comes off of these mushrooms is multicolored and pretty. It doesn't just twist; it dances. It doesn't just rise up; it accelerates and shoots towards the ceiling and. A lot more smoke comes off of this stack of mushrooms than you'd think they would. Maybe just because they're damp or because there's some magic involved. But Melazine breathes easy. (laughs) Deeply. (laughs) Melazine has done the right thing here. And there's a little tickle in the back of Melazine's throat and he feels himself cough. Melazine is really surprised when he pulls his arm away after coughing and he sees his white t-shirt charred, burned a little bit. Ooh, I made fire good. And after that, though, 
Melusine starts to feel a little sad. No, down, no. A little melancholy. Not really excited about anything. This fire, it didn't work out. It didn't do what he wanted it to do. Stupid fire. And it's cold in here. There's even a fire and Melusine is cold. He goes and cuddles up next to uh, the murder bird to get Crazy. warm. He gently wraps a tentacle around Melusine. Melusine, thanks you, Gracie. Melusine coughs a few more times, and there's a few more bursts of fire from his mouth. Look, guys, I can breathe fire. Hey, hey, why don't you get over here and try to do that to this tree? I suppose I can. And he teleports over to the tree. Thanks, <laughs> your <laughs> And purposely, like, coughs on the tree. Get the COVID. <laughs> what happens? He coughs fire on the tree. <laughs> this tree that it's a little damp and wet in its young green wood. But Melusine coughs fire onto it and suddenly this tree is engulfed in flames real quick. Are you happy? That's how you start a fire. Yeah, see? I told you guys you should eat the mushrooms too. You keep having fun with that. We're, we're going to stay in the real world. Melusine isn't cold anymore. <laughs> Melusine's going to curl up into a ball and go to sleep. Melusine lays in front of his handiwork that is the tree burning and keeping him warm. Goes to sleep for the night. How long does it look like this tree will burn for? Yeah. It's wet wood. It's a tree that's surprisingly big considering it was planted not two hours ago, but it'll make it through the night. Okay. Is that a good thing? <laughs> is a question worth asking. I mean, I, I just want... Krakow just wants this thing gone because he doesn't like his creations getting messed with. That's what he's happy about. It looks like it's going to go. Yeah, I guess I would go and sit next to Melazine and uh, take out something to whittle and just try to pass the time and hope the storm passes. You watch the storm roll across the riptide plains. It goes on for a while. It's a spectacular light show. Glax has a welding mask on and his soldering bits of metal together. The night starts to pass. Do either of you sleep? Yeah, I would sleep. Glax goes to sleep. Rockov's just staring out at the storm, trying to understand what's going on here. He doesn't get why any of his creations can't do anything to it. Go ahead and give me... This is a little bit outside of Glax's wheelhouse. Rockov's. Fucking A. It's only three. It's only characters. It's really? only three times. Yeah, really, you should just become Glax. You should just be. You guys are both Glax. All are Glax. <laughs> yes. Glax one, Glax two. Glax yeah, one, I would I would two. say it's fair that I don't get advantage on this perception test. I, I think so. I, I figured that's where you were going. Yeah. One of us. One of us. Okay, careful over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, I still wrote three dice anyway, and I did get two sixes. Holy shit, that's a crit? Yeah. The other one was a three, if you want me to eliminate one of the... No, that's fine. Okay, sorry. <coughs> Instinct. Glax is watching, and he's got, I assume, like... You just did it again. God damn it! <laughs> Rockov. Rockov is watching. Rockov is watching. And he even he's got... has a name tag. I know. It's because this one is really high. <laughs> Thank you. Rockov is watching, and he's got his welding mask on, and he's stitching pieces of metal together... 
to pass the time and relax. I'd like to say that, oh gosh, what what's something funny that his welding mask could be made out of? Um, oh, I got it. It's a dinner plate with holes cut in it. Completely defeats the purpose. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. As the burning metal gets seared into Rockham's retinas. <laughs> sometimes Feels good. When you can't see anything at all, that's when you find the most clarity. As Rockham's eyes are burned totally to white, and he has no night vision at all, and he can't see the storm even slightly, and all he sees is pure, brilliant white, and hears a ringing sound in his ears, he starts to think, that storm, it chased you. It chased metal. It followed you. It waited until you built something and put something to try to divert it. It went after the bird you were riding. It tried to trap you in the cave. It wants you trapped. Someone is controlling it. Someone wants people stuck on the Riptide Plains. Are they using magic? Are they using technology? The Wellspring, they could definitely have controlled storms like this. And with that, his vision just suddenly snaps back like it has so many times before. Hey, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Are you going to wake up or what? This is important. What? I don't think we should stay here. Where are we going to go? Somewhere else. Melazine's completely hungover from, from all the mushrooms. Melazine is having the trip of his life. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is not listening. All right. We're going to put Melazine in oh, the cage. We're not done yet with Melazine's mushroom experiment. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> we're going to put Melazine in the cage. Hopefully, he doesn't decide to teleport anywhere. We're going to get out of here. What do you think Melazine has nightmares about? Dressing up. <laughs> no, I think I think he his nightmares go back to when he was just a young fae and he was in school and disciplinarian, like some disciplinarian, whether it's a teacher or like the principal of the school, whatever, but like just forcing him to sit down and be still and not like, do any kind of mischief whatsoever. Melazine dream, Melazine's dream starts off with him being in class at a desk and made to walk up to the whiteboard. And then he finds himself standing there in trapped and he can't leave. And he's writing lines in chalk. And then suddenly he's trapped in a dark place, in a fist, trapped again, living that moment over and over and over again all night. No, no, I don't want to be here. I got away from this place. I'm not here. I'm not. But as Melazine is screaming and coughing, you still see bits of fire coming out of his mouth. Oh, maybe you shouldn't go in the cage. You might melt my stuff. I want to Glaxo put a hand. How big is Melazine again? Oh, he's tiny. He's... Like, if, like, you're small, he's tiny. So he's, like, 18 inches to 24 inches tall. 18 to 24 inches? Okay. Like, he, he is a super small fae. Yeah. So, but you have a shoulder that I can put my hand on. It's, yeah. It's not like you're the size of my hand. Um, no. So I want to basically put my hand on Melazine's shoulder and just say, Melazine, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's, it's not. It's Shut up. It's okay. It's not. <laughs> I'm stuck in this hole again. I thought I got out. Once again, I'm just going to say, in the cage and let's get out of here. 
Again, where are we going to go? This storm is after us. Somewhere else. It clearly wants us to stay here. I think something, something or someone's controlling it, and it might even specifically be coming after me. We can try. So Glax will get up um, and get Gracie up, and I'll put Melazine in. Is there, like, seats in the cage? Oh, yeah, totally. It's, like, benches. and Yeah, so he'll put him on one of the benches then. There's also a whole heap of scrap metal in there that Rockoff collected, and it's it was meant for, like, a raiding party, so it's not necessarily a comfortable place to sleep or camp. It is open to the sky with bars around it so you don't fall out if it twists upside down, and so they could trap people inside of it. But it is a it's a structure to some extent. Okay. Um, well, are you coming? You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, maybe let's make this a test. Go fly out a little bit. Let's see if the storm follows you or it stays here with me. I don't know if I like that. Well, just indulge my paranoia for a second, okay? I was welding, and I think I saw something. Okay. Yeah, and I intended that statement to inspire that amount of confidence. <laughs> So I'll, I'll take Gracie out and see. I just want to do a basically quick kind of peek out, see if any lightning bolts come, see if anything happens. Is Melazine in the cage? Yep. Glax loads Melazine into the cage, stretched out across one of the benches, coughing little bouts of fire. Glax takes Gracie by the reins, climbs onto her back. Gracie steps out into the pouring, pounding rain shakes herself a little bit, stretches her wings up into the sky and flaps into the air. I need Glax to roll a d6 for me. Five. And I need Glax to roll 2d6 for me. One and five. As soon as Gracie gets up into the air, another burst of lightning, this time multi-fingered, pronged, and trying to surround and trap him. But Glax and Gracie, who has now eaten and is full, is way too quick for that. Gracie spins out of the way, tucks her wings in tight, does a sick barrel roll, and the lightning cracks all around her and misses completely. Does that wake me up? Oh, totally. <laughs> Whoa, what's going on? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it tastes spicy and like charcoal. <laughs> um, so I'll wing... Gracie's straight back to the cave. Um, and as we come in, it's not you. It's not you. <laughs> All right, it's worth a try. All right. Do you think you can keep avoiding these things? I sure can try, but I don't know where we're going. Question. Uh, Melazine has been sleeping this entire time, but it looks like it's attracted to metal. That's, that's not funny. Maybe we can rev all the metal and try this. No. No. Not allowed. I walk over to the scrap heap and just take a piece of scrap metal of whatever is on top and just chuck it out of the cave as hard as I can. Roll a d6 for me. Five. You keep rolling fives on that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Glax picks one up and throws it like a boomerang. It flies out into the air and immediately there's a crack of lightning and he sees all of a sudden it turns into a, a flying bat bat with wings he hears it screech and he sees black wings start to flap into the air man that's batshit crazy <laughs> boom 
<laughs> oh, come on, you gave me that one. I did. You did. Uh, See, I told you, it's such fractured to metal. Let's get rid of all this useless metal. What did you say? You heard me, it's useless metal. It's not like you made anything with it. <laughs> that trigger finger's starting to get real itchy. <laughs> I'm going to explain something to you. Please. Right no. now. Never call my stuff useless. I didn't say your stuff was useless. I just said the metal was useless. That's my stuff. I, but it's just scrap ev- metal. Everything has a purpose. You know, we everything. Have, we have lots of this back at the Fey Wilds. Cold iron and the Fey don't get along well. That's uh, why you want to get rid of it. You don't like it. I live in this stuff. I work with this stuff. This stuff is my friend. I thought we were friends. You're beginning to test that theory. I take another piece of scrap metal and chuck it out of the cave. <laughs> Roll a D6 for me. <laughs> One. Oh! Streak is broken. It flies out into the air, and there's a burst of lightning, and you see a twisting vortex, and you see rocks get pulled towards it. Whoa, that was a cool one. Do it again. I just keep... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I keep throwing them until you run out of ideas. No. Uh, do we know how far we are from... Because we're on the, the plains, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. How far we are from the, the border or wherever the plains ends? Yeah. You gather that it's probably another two days flight from where you are now. So we're like smack dab in the... You're, yeah, pretty well smack dab in the middle. Based on how long it took you to cross the Gore Swamp, you have about that far left to go. Yeah, I don't think we're escaping this thing. All right, fine. Fine. I'll take the cage off. Well, well leave it here. Look, look. Ugh. Oh, no. Glax is not taking his metal off either. I, I'll tell you what, okay? If we leave the metal here, I can teleport us back to pick it up later. If you forget what this place looks like. I won't forget. This has some magical shrooms. <laughs> I want to bring you all back here to try them. As Melazine talks, every time he hits a syllable, there's just a little, like, firecracker. <laughs> Having been teleported by you before. It's fun, right? It was not the experience that I would hope for. Well, I'm sorry that you said that. Um, would you like to leave a feedback card? <laughs> yes. Very much so. Later. You see, you see Melazine pulls out from somewhere in his his uh, overalls a little card along the top. It says Melazine uh, Transportation Company. And it says, please rate us. And, uh, and it's uh, crudely drawn stars with crayon. And you see it's five to seven stars. So that's all you get is five, six, seven. And then a little line, one line that says comments on the, the, it says comments on the line. And that's it. Here you go. As Melazine says, here you go. And stretches his hand out. There's a spark like a Roman candle and the first card gets caught on fire. (laughs) Whoops. Here's another one. So I'll take it. Um, I'll mark seven stars and X in the seven. And then just put S-U-X on the comments line. (laughs) Yay, seven stars! We're 120%. (laughs) I don't know if that just cracked me up so much. I mean, I guess it's worth a try. 
okay, well, let's, let's fly. We'll, we'll teleport back, and then we'll teleport back. How often can you teleport in a day? As many times as I like. Oh, okay. We just have to hope that he does it right. <sighs> All right, give me a second here. And Rakov, looking the most defeated that these two have ever seen him, goes over to the strap that's holding the cage on Gracie's back, puts his hand up toward it. It's clearly shaking. It drops down, and then with all of the force he can muster, he lifts it back up, and he just unbuckles it in one swift motion, just pulls the Band-Aid off. There's a clinking and a clattering of metal as the cage that's filled with all of the scraps and pistons and gears that Glax collected. He just did it again. From the... <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me. It's the Claritin. Yeah, clearly <laughs> not. It's the Sudafed. <laughs> Guys, I am tripping ball on allergy. Tripping ball. I am tripping one ball. One, one ball. ball. Just one, one ball. ball. We got to be very specific <laughs> yeah. here. One. Wait, which is it? The left or the right ball? It is the Lance Armstrong left I was ball. Say, you heard it here first. I'm the Lance Armstrong of the podcast. I finish. <laughs> I finish. Oh, there we go. I finish was quick. half as fast. Rock of trips ball. <laughs> There is a clinking and a clattering of scrap metal as Rakov dejectedly undoes the bolt that secures the cage to Gracie's chest. It falls to the side, dejectedly into the dirt, crushing a few mushrooms, and he also hears a... (laughs) (laughs) and gathers that one of the invisible fawns that's running around here may just have gotten a little bit of injury. Hurt Stacy Fawnsit. Glax, are you leaving your armor behind? <sighs> yes, no metal, no metal whatsoever. Oh, you're. Mm, oh, mm, mm. I will cover the fucking junk cannon and mushrooms if I have to. It's not staying here. Brockov spends 20 minutes sliding mushrooms down the barrel of the junk you cannon. You test that like last time. And I test it on you. No, no, like take a piece of metal, cover it in mushroom and see if it gets struck again. All right. I just I just pull a scrap heap out and I stick a mushroom on it and I yeet it out the mouth of the cave. <laughs> Nothing seems to happen. Look, that's how we keep your stuff. We'll cover it in mushrooms. I hate everything about this. <laughs> oh, damn it. I just start. I just start rolling in the mushrooms and picking uh, them. Oh no! Them no, not you too. <laughs> no. Do no. you do you attempt to inhale or you better hold your breath? Them? Hold your breath. I mean, I'm not holding my breath. But oh no! I'm not attempting to inhale them. <laughs> but you're not avoiding inhaling yeah, them either, yeah. which is a little sad. So you don't know what's going to happen to yeah. you. Something might. <laughs> Melazine immediately starts teleporting, picking mushrooms and putting them on Gracie's arm uh, metal helmet. Look, Gracie, I give you camouflage. Shit. The murder bird with camo paint. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so you cover how much metal are you taking with you? And you're covering all of it with mushrooms. Taking my armor, my spear, my shield, and I'm in completely covered. Just like s'mores down the spear. Yeah, like. It's fucking shish kebabs. <laughs> right. I, I will say, 
Rockov is too disgusted by this to do it with all of the cage and everything. So that's still staying. But he is going to take the time to cover the junk cannon with his dinner plate welding mask over his face. <laughs> the junk cannon is appropriately toadstoolified. Ugh. <laughs> all right, guys, let's go. It's worth a shot. Rockov looks and he notices Gracie's beak. <laughs> it looks like it's made from metal, too. It's No, I said titanium. that I put it all over Gracie's oh, yeah. like, head. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. So yeah. Gracie is wearing a mushroom cap on her head. Yes. Gracie is now a mushroom, a flying mushroom. A murder mushroom. Yeah, murder, at least murder, the parts murder. that we need to worry about. Yeah. Now, what I didn't say was I didn't cover her nostrils. So if she has nostrils... They are, I mean... Do birds have nostrils? She, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She breathes through the tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just never thought that. about it. She probably has gills somewhere. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Whatever it is, I didn't, like, protect them. Okay. But you protected the bill, which is clearly metal. Like, anyone yeah. looking at Grace... Oh, yeah, no, it's just covered. The, the bill is her covered. Bill is, her bill is a big chunk of metal, and anyone would notice that. And you have yeah. covered that. Now, Grace, he takes off into the air, covered in toadstools everywhere. There's bits of mushrooms flying off. You take off into the air, and there are no cracks of lightning. See? You guys should listen to me more often. I am so thoroughly disgusted right now. Why? I'm just going to go sit on the back here. Just just leave me alone for a while, please. You have no cage. I'm assuming you've improvised some sort of saddle that's if left we, over. If we were bringing the straps with us, then without the bolts on them, then we probably fashioned some kind of like saddle on not, I'd, I'd say more like just like a strap that we can like wiggle our legs into. You guys are like hanging on her back like she's a water slide tube or something. That's not like, bad, yeah. The I rain, did the best I could on short notice. Shut up. I work with metal, not this. The rain is pounding down on you still and the wind is still powerful and strong. You can tell that Gracie, even though she's not getting struck by lightning, she is still getting buffeted around and she's not making great time because she's having to fight her way through the air. But at least you're surviving. Is there an end to this storm cloud in sight? It takes a long time. It's hey, slow. Hey, hey, steer lower. Maybe the wind won't be as intense down there. Or or maybe you should steer it higher. Maybe we can come up over the storm. If you're right again, I swear. He was right about the mushrooms. God. <laughs> I steer her up and trying to aim as high as we can. Glox pulls back on the reins. Gracie dives down to build up speed and then pulls up, flaring her wings and fighting as hard as she can to gain as much altitude as possible. She starts to climb and climb. You can feel her body getting shifted and pushed around by the air. And for just one brief moment, her head pokes above the storm. And you see icicles start to form on her beak. And then she plummets back down into it. You all get one moment of silence and calmness from it. And you can feel the air is so thin and cold up here. Nothing could possibly fly that high. Gracie is hurtling back towards the floor and towards the dirt. 
of the Riptide Plains. Wake her up, wake her up, wake her up! Oh, did she pass out? No. Oh. I mean, okay, we can go with that, but no. she wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pull back on the reins and kind of aim her just to fly straight as far as we can. She is fighting, but she's been fed a little bit. She has some energy to go off of. She got some rest. It takes most of the night. You can see dawn in the distance. One of Bastion's four suns is rising. You can see sunrise and the storm passes behind you. You see beneath you the windswept and totally flooded riptide plains. You made almost no progress last night. You look around and you can see the cavern that you left. It's still even within eyesight. And you see, in the distance, a giant structure. Ooh, you think that's where we're supposed to go? It looks like a building levitating and flying in the air, but you don't see any glowing lights. You don't see any engines. You don't see any flame underneath of it. It looks like a hot air balloon hovering beneath a mushroom with a cottage down below. Ooh, we should go there. I'm done talking. I'm just going to sit here. Are there any of the cheap dolphins visible? Any of the what? Cheap dolphins? Porpoises from earlier. As Glax looks out, he can see that they're stretched out just all across the plains here. Is there any land that we can land on? Probably. I would like to steer Gracie. The tide started to go back out. Okay. I would like to steer Gracie kind of hover over the surface of the water and catch one of these things and then take it to land and eat it. Gracie swoops down. This is my soul. I know. Soul I love the, the rest of the game is feeding this bird. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why do you kill these things? What did they ever do to you? It's the circle of life, man. No, it's not. She could become a vegetarian. Like Melazine. You're having this conversation as Gracie is diving. <laughs> She and, and, a vegetarian. <laughs> and you see <laughs> Melazine is breathing fire still. <laughs> yeah, you actually see Melazine take out of his back pocket a piece of uh, what looks to be jerky, but it's actually dried mushroom. <laughs> and he starts gnawing on it. See, it's really good. Is it one of the mushrooms from the caves? No, no okay. it's, it's one he, he had prepared. Gracie flies down and You hear the sound of her tentacles striking home as they wrap around this creature and dig their spikes into it. And you hear a voice. It sounds like a humanoid voice screaming in pain. No! (laughs) No! Dolophina! No! Oh, put me down! (laughs) And that is where we are going to end this session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we've just started a war. Wonderful. Uh, this, was great, this was a great session. It certainly was a session of all yes, the sessions we've <laughs> Hey, you know, when you said to go off the rails. There were no rails. <laughs> yeah. I gave you a, you guys have a bird. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have a bird. Oh. And I don't have my stuff. All right. I'm going to drop the intro beat. feel like I have been intentionally nerfed. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, 
Hey everyone, we're Monster Game Night. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm Mike, your Game Master, and you've also been listening to... Ben playing Raka. Chris playing Glax. Russell playing Melusine. Tune in next session. We release an episode every other Monday. Also, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to hear from you on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. As you know, word of mouth is the best way for a small independent show like ours to grow. Hope that you can come to our next Monster Monster Game Game Night. Night. Well, then put a fucking comma somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> the fucking run on sense. <laughs> there is a comma. I'm just saying. It's In the first campaign. fucking like five words. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I let you down. My punctuation failed. <laughs> See, we need a copy editor, too. I've been. We need uh, so many things. Yes. <laughs> Last week on Monster Game Night. We got attacked by Doomfly goblins on our way to Gorhart Keep to meet Troll King Skrilliamson. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, oh, yeah, he also kept the towel, unfortunately. I might actually miss that thing. He did have nice claws. Tally. Tally. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to miss you guys, too. You're the only thing that made sure I knew what was going on.